You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Now, of course, we've all been very conscious of of COVID-19 and the terrible effect that that's been having uh, all around the world. And, of course, we're equally uh, rejoicing uh, that the vaccines are having tremendous effect. But there is a disease which is a great deal older uh, than COVID, which hasn't been eradicated completely and of course that disease is leprosy now have i have i got that right uh, chris yes you have player absolutely every two minutes someone around the world is diagnosed with leprosy for the first time today yeah i mean obviously uh, you're you're working as the as the regional manager for the south and and, and london and so on i guess it's probably been uh, quite difficult uh, because of covid uh, not being able to sort of get out and, and about as you, as as you would normally uh, you've you've never been because i know our focus today is going to be in the country of mozambique you've you've never actually been there yourself no sadly not um, but I, I've heard wonderful stories of people who have and the amazing experiences that they've, they've had there. One person people may have heard of who has been out and seen our work in Mozambique is Dame Darcy Bustle, the, um, the ballerina. And she, she went out back in 2017 to Mozambique because she wanted to, to show her daughters something of what life is like for local people there. And through a, a connection with a vicar in London, she was connected to our work and was able to go out and meet people affected by leprosy. Um, and she was really struck by that amazing, unconditional love that those leprosy-affected people have for one another um, and their passion for seeing an end to leprosy. So although I haven't been personally, it's, it's wonderful to be able to hear those stories and to hear the, the difference it made for Darcy in, in her life. Now, of course, uh, our minds have been full uh, of of COVID here in the UK, and I guess that, that for many of us, leprosy isn't even on on our radar but just before we talk specifically about, about Mozambique tell us a little bit about about you know the the disease and and the and the battle against the heart of course in many countries it has been pretty much eradicated sure yes so leprosy is still often misunderstood around the world today um, and that's why there's so much stigma around it so people often think for example that the leprosy is passed on by touch uh, which it isn't. It's an airborne bacterial infection. Um, people often think of leprosy primarily as a, a skin disease. Um, and although one of the early symptoms is seeing patches that are discolored on the skin, uh, leprosy primarily really affects the nerves. And so the way it affects people is it stops you being able to feel pain. And of course, we might think of pain as something bad, but actually it's a real gift. Because without pain, we don't it can be easy to get injuries to the hands and feet, and those injuries can develop into disabilities, sadly. Yeah. And so that's why we're so passionate about finding people and, yes, and stopping leprosy affecting them in that way. Yeah. I mean, I, I've used the term eradicate. Can, can you, has, it, has it actually been, uh, been eradicated because of vaccinations, or, or is it a wee bit like COVID that in some ways it, it can actually m- mutate? Sure, so... From what we've seen, leprosy doesn't mutate in and of itself. Um, the, the question of eradication is fundamentally, yes, leprosy can be eradicated. I'd love to see it eradicated worldwide in my lifetime. Uh, we haven't had leprosy in the UK indigenously since 1798. And part of that actually is because of clean drinking water and access to good sanitation 
that make a huge difference and have meant that actually 95% of the world's population now are naturally immune to leprosy. Um, we, we just can't get it. And that's also a sad fact that it's the poorest 5% that can. Uh, leprosy can survive in the body for over 20 years, and so actually transmission can be very gradual. Um, and so I, I really want to see an end to disability and to discrimination and also to transmission of leprosy. And, and yes, we, we can and can eradicate it. It is curable through multi-drug therapy that works like antibiotics. Now, obviously, a wee bit later on, we're going to talk. So it, yeah. about, we're going to talk about Mozambique. But but how how many countries are there like Mozambique? I mean, have the vast majority of countries been able to get on top of of leprosy, or, or is it still an issue in not just Mozambique but but other countries as well? Sure. Yes. So, so in this day and age, around ninety seven percent of global leprosy is in just twenty two countries. So it is quite concentrated. And we work in five countries in Africa and five in Asia where there is still a lot of leprosy around. Um, and so that's why it's so important somewhere like Mozambique, um, where every year there are about two and a half thousand new cases um, that we really want to, to see an end to. And that includes children as well can be affected by leprosy. And so um, that's particularly why we're, we're looking at Mozambique. It's an area where access to healthcare can be a challenge for people. They often have to travel a really long way. And at the moment, the leprosy mission rely on being able to to go out and find people and have mobile clinics. And that's why we'd love to set up community hubs, places from which people can come to learn about leprosy. And there can be a real sense of that learning and knowledge and God's blessing and healing that we see in Jesus healing people affected by leprosy. We'd love that to flow out and to be his hands and feet in rural Mozambique. Now, obviously, the Leprosy Mission has been doing tremendous work, is doing tremendous work uh, in those countries that you talked about just a moment or two ago uh, around around the world. But how did it, what what were the roots of the mission? How did it all start? Sure. Yes, it's interesting. It all, I mean, I would say actually the the mission began with a a love story in a way. Um, It was a young um, Christian woman who, who fell in love with a, a chap who at the time wasn't a follower of Jesus, and he was about to go over to New Zealand to try to make his fortune. And, um, and actually, as he was about to set sail, uh, there was uh, a storm and heavy fog, and he wasn't able to travel. And, um, and she had said to him before he went, you will try and find a church to go to, won't you? And, um, and this guy, well, Bailey sort of obligingly as a good boyfriend said, okay, I will. And anyway, this, this foggy morning, he, he heard church bells, and he went to church, and um, remarkably, he had a, a, an amazing experience there of God's kindness and of, of the Spirit's work. And he decided that actually instead he wanted to, to become a follower of Jesus. Uh, he ended up going to India and seeing the work there for people with leprosy, who at the time didn't really have anyone to give them food or clothing. The local doctor um, had moved away. And so Wellesley Bailey found himself caring for these people with leprosy who had nothing. And uh, he and his wife, Alice, they, they moved across uh, there to India. Um, they then needed to come home because of ill health. And so they met up with their friends in their front room and said, well, what can we do for these people we've met with leprosy? And they realized, well, there are two things we can do. Firstly, we can pray. And so they started praying and that God would provide for them to, to find a way to work there in India. And secondly, they, they said, well, we can talk about the people met with leprosy. We can tell their stories to others. And they set themselves a, a target of um, some, some support to fundraise for that first year. And it was 
broken dramatically by God's kindness and people giving. And that meant they were able to, to get that work started. And so now um, the Leprosy Mission has had a, a hospital there in, in, in the India since uh, 1884. So it, it goes back a really long way. And, and now it's a real privilege to work in 10 countries. Um, and to, just to know that all the way through it's been sort of completely born and cradled in prayer. And we're so grateful to God um, to be able to, to do this work and carry on the work Jesus started for people with leprosy. Hope FM, Faith-Filled Radio. Well, that's the wonderful uh, Chris McClarney there with uh, Your Love uh, Never Fails. And uh, as you heard, my very special guest is Chris Stratler today, who's the regional manager for the Leprosy Mission for London and uh, the South Area, which, of course, includes us down here in uh, Bournemouth Pool and, uh, and Christchurch. So, Chris, obviously we talk generally about, uh, about uh, leprosy, but your particular appeal at the moment is focused on the country of Mozambique. So if we were to, to be able to somehow manage to, to go there what would we experience in ter- in, you know generally in terms of this of the state of the nation sure I mean you'd experience things that you might expect to for example um, heat um, the sort of the, the the bright red dusty tracks um, and that sort of, of sense of, of being somewhere so different from where we are at the moment um, you might also be struck by the uh, the age of the population is in actually um, about 45% of people in Mozambique are under 15, so you'd find a lot of young people around. Um, the sheer size of the country compared to the UK um, would, would be a surprise. It's about triple the size um, of the UK, but it, of course, has a, a lower population um, than we do. Um, sadly, you, you would find you come face-to-face with a lot of poverty. Uh, so Mozambique is the seventh poorest country in the world um, based on the UN Human Development Index, and so um, that factors in all kinds of things like health and education and so on. And so uh, we, we know that at the moment there are about two-thirds of people in Mozambique live on less than £1.40 per day. And so you would, you'd see that poverty and you'd get a sense of the fact that often healthcare can be limited, and particularly we're so aware that care for people with leprosy historically has been limited, and that's so in, why it's so important for us to to be able to work in places like Cabo Delgado, which is the, the most northerly state in Mozambique. And it's so important for us to be there and to be able to reach out to these rural communities to take healing and education about leprosy. And how prevalent is uh, is leprosy in the country at the moment? Yes, yeah, sure. So last year there were about 2,500 new cases of leprosy. Um, we estimate that for every one person that we find with leprosy or that comes forward there are probably about 20 hidden and the reason for that is people are so scared of this disease still in this day and age um, there's a lot of stigma surrounding leprosy people wrongly um, think that if you have it you are dangerous um, or that in some way you are cursed and people sometimes really sadly treat you like you you, know, you would bring death and destruction to them um, which is really tragic, and we, we see that again and again. And so we would estimate that there are, yes, many thousands of people that we haven't yet found um, with leprosy in Mozambique who might be hidden away, frightened, um, not wanting to come forward, um, knowing that, that to come forward, they feel, uh, might make their situation even worse when they don't realise that, of course, having the cure um, would be so important for them. 
Now, of course, there's a number of traditional healers uh, in in Mozambique. So, what would the what would the average traditional healer uh, response be to the disease? Sure. Um, I mean, sadly, we sometimes find that traditional healers wouldn't know, for example, completely how to identify leprosy. We sometimes find that they might give other suggested treatments that sadly uh, don't work. We know that this multi-drug therapy, which is a combination of three medicines that work like antibiotics, is the only effective treatment at the moment for leprosy as a cure. And so sometimes we hear stories of people being given this um, these alternative medicines and sadly them not making a difference for people. Um, and it can therefore be many years before people get the right treatment. And so that's why part of the work we're doing at Community Hubs is to enable people like traditional healers to be able to come and learn about leprosy so that they can diagnose the symptoms, they can look for patches on the skin and for inflamed nerves, but also so that they can have access to the multi-drug therapy and they can, next time they they find someone with leprosy, they will know, okay, this is leprosy, this is curable, um, and they can give the emotional support needed too to people with leprosy who who often have, as you'd expect from someone who's a lot of support emotionally as well and so it, it's really exciting that we're able to offer this support to traditional healers now obviously leprosy mission is already in mozambique and uh, th- there's the present and then there's the vision for the future which is what the appeal is very much focused on but tell us about what the situation is right now what what difference have have you been able to make uh, thus far bef- before of course we talk about the the vision for the future Sure, yes, let me tell you about what's happening at the moment um, through using a, a story, actually, of a lady called Zaina. So, sadly, uh, Zaina became affected by leprosy. And to start with, she, she didn't show anyone that, that she had leprosy, but people in her village realised that's what it was. They recognised those patches on the skin. And very sadly, they, they banished her to the forest and said she wasn't welcome anymore in their village because they were so scared of her leprosy. And so she and her three-year-old son were forced to to live in the forest without food or water. Um, And then to make things even tougher for her, they came and took her son away. It was there in that place of her hitting rock bottom and being in despair that a kind stranger found her and he was able to build her a hut for shelter. He was able to take her to a place where she was able to get uh, the cure for her leprosy. And meanwhile, the leprosy mission went to her village and they taught people the truth about leprosy, that it doesn't need to be feared, that it's curable, and that people don't need to live with that sense of stigma. And remarkably, Zaina was then welcomed back into her community again. Um, and she's a remarkable woman because she showed forgiveness to that community. Um, and now she works as a leprosy change maker. And she's made it her vision and her passion to be able to speak to others, but the same people who treated her so badly, and when they're in trouble, she now educates them and supports them emotionally and helps them get the help they need for their leprosy. And she does that with her own community and beyond. And so people like Zaina are are so key to what we're doing at the moment, people who've had that healing and are able to take that on to others. I love the term uh, change makers and of course with, with Zena she's she's obviously walked the road her, her, herself 
One other question I ought to ask you is because obviously in terms of, of, of belief in Mozambique, um, what, what's the nature of belief within the country? Is it is it a mainly Christian country or, or, or do other beliefs dominate? Sure. Um, it is broad and there's a range. In um, Cabo Delgado, in where we work, so the northerly state, again, there is a mix. It's about, uh, from what I can tell, about 50-50, but broadly between Christians and Muslims in those areas. Um, and so we, we work across both areas as much as we can and, and give support, um, knowing that as we, we see um, Jesus' amazing work for, for both Jews and, um, and Gentiles as well at times, and we, we love to be able to show that unconditional love to as many people as we can, regardless of their, their faith or their background. Uh, that's really important to us. And it is an important point to make, isn't it? Because actually the, the, the work that you offer and the hope that, that you bring as a mission is unconditional as to whether uh, people ac- accept, the, of course, the gospel that, that you stand for. But, uh, and I guess that that must be recognized by many within the country. Mm, absolutely, and that's important. We we accept that because of the nature of our work, we you know we love where where there is an opportunity and a safe space in some of our work to to talk about the gospel and to point to Jesus. We're able to do that. Some of our hospitals in other countries, for example, um, in particular, are run by by local Christians and people who come to the hospital know that, and they're able to hold some services and and meetings to prayer and those sort of things, which is lovely. Um, in other areas, of course, we have to be really aware that um, that actively proselytizing or talking about Jesus could cause problems for our, our staff and, their, and, and our partners locally. And so we, we have to be wise about that um, and, and remain prayerful that through the, the kindness of Jesus is able to come through in its own way through our actions and our, our words there. Hope FM, Faith-Filled Radio. Well, my very special guest uh, in the show today uh, has been Chris Strata. He's the Regional Manager of the Leprosy Mission for London and the South. And we've been hearing about the amazing work to combat leprosy, uh, not just in Mozambique, but indeed in in other countries of the world as well. But uh, there is a great vision uh, for progressing the work in Mozambique, working towards, I guess, eradication of of the disease completely that's not going to be a quick fix though chris is it no absolutely it's not a quick fix um but it's so important to be able to to do the best we can and, and in a way it's about stamping out many centuries of prejudice against people affected by leprosy there in those rural areas uh, we long for people who've once been banished from their homes to be able to be welcomed back into the heart of a community um, and given the opportunity to thrive in those communities and so that's why our, our great vision is to be able to build community hubs for people in Mozambique. And these hubs are, are places where people can come to, to learn. So people from health workers, traditional healers, um, religious leaders, people can, can come and learn about how to get to know leprosy better, how to look for symptoms and how to be able to educate people about stigma. But also it's a place where local communities can come together and learn about leprosy through song and dance and drama. And that's important in a country where about 60% of people sadly can't read or write. And so it's, it's so important to be able to communicate things about leprosy in a different way to, to expecting people to be able to read about it. Um, but also we hope that villagers will prosper as individuals too through their livelihoods. And we long for 
for farmers to come along to these community hubs to learn how to protect their crops from the extreme weather and also to learn how they can sell on any surplus they have in terms of produce to provide an income and to, to sustain themselves. So these hubs are, are great places that we want people to come into and then we'd love for that sense of God's grace and love and healing to flow out of those to other rural communities and to take that hope for people affected by leprosy. We'd love to have a, a real sea change in attitude in Mozambique. It's not a quick fix. It's about transforming attitudes and shining a light on leprosy and giving people much more access to treatment for leprosy too. Now these these hubs, as you call them, are, are really hubs of hope, uh, you know, for all, for all sorts of things, real meeting places. And I, and I guess be, be, because, you know, you, uh, money goes a lot further, I guess, in Mozambique, simply because, you know, it is a, it is a poor country, but it still takes quite a lot of money to create each, each hub. I mean, have, have you got a figure on, on how much it would cost for each individual hub? Sure, yes. So in order to to staff and equip and build the hub from scratch, including all the equipment, costs £10,000. But the, the great news is that up until the 24th of April, um, all gifts to the Unconditional Appeal will be matched by the UK government. So actually a gift of £5,000 um, through individuals or people clubbing together as friends, family, churches, home groups, um, £5,000 will, will build, equip and staff a hub of hope for a whole year, um, which would make such a big difference. Now, of course, you, you launched, you came on the radio and we were talking uh, on the day, actually, of the launch, World Leprosy Day, which was the 24th of January last. And as you quite rightly say, the government are matching pound for pound uh, of everything which which is given. And that, that appeal called the Unconditional Appeal runs to the 24th of April. How is it going so far? Are you on track? We are on track, yes, and we're really grateful for, for God's kindness, for people's prayers and their gifts. And we know that already and we're so encouraged by the number of, of community hubs that we will be able to build, and there will be so much change. Um, and so, yes, we, we'd love people to, to consider partnering with us to, to mean that we can bring that change across um, that area of Mozambique. It would be, be wonderful to be able to do that. Um, but, yes, thank you. We, we've had a real sense of of God's goodness already, but there's still a long way to go. And of course, it's good to know that people can join together. So, I mean, 5,000, you know, with a, a group of people or a church family together, you know, uh, it's not such a huge figure to reach. But of course, if they hit the 5,000 or whatever figure they reach, that's immediately doubled by those lovely people in the government. Absolutely, which is fantastic. Um, and we'd love to, to see people do that and partner together and say, what can we do to, to bring this? this hub of hope um, and if there are people listening thinking well I'm, I'm not um, I'm not part of a church family at the moment or I'm, I'm not sure what I can do uh, you can still make a huge difference in other ways you, you might be interested to know um, that to cure someone of leprosy costs just 24 pounds and so a gift of 24 pounds will be doubled by the government to to enable you to cure two people um, or a gift of 70 pounds double to 140 will enable a leprosy change maker, someone like Zaina, to be trained at the hub and to go out to make such a difference. And so it might be that you think as an individual, actually, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to do that.
So even a little can go a, a, a long way, and it, of course it all counts. Mm-hmm. Now, you, earlier on you shared Zion's story, and I suppose at the end of the day uh, that everything that we give is, is making a very real difference, bringing hope to people who otherwise would have no hope uh, at all. Uh, can you share another story like Zion, uh, just before we maybe give people uh, the, the information about how they can give if they'd like to do that because it is all about making a real difference in the lives of ordinary and very needy people yes absolutely um, one other story of a, a really remarkable chap um, is a guy called mario and um, he actually discovered that he had leprosy over 30 years ago and his family took him to a traditional healer and he was given some medicine sadly it didn't make a difference um, and by the time mario got to hospital the wounds on his hands had, had already caused was too much damage and it was sadly too late um in fact if he if he got to the hospital sooner he wouldn't have lost his fingers um but his experiences haven't stopped him they've actually inspired him and he's a, a wonderful chap he visits neighboring villages to his with really informative leaflets and great leadership skills because he thinks everyone should be helped everyone should feel part of their community so he works with local leaders he carries out house-to-house visits when he can and holds meetings to to raise awareness of leprosy in his those local villages and he knows people can be frightened to come forward for help with their leprosy because of that stigma so he offers words of encouragement he shows his own unconditional love and he just says don't take any more time and come today and, and receive this help for your leprosy so he's a, a trusted voice to change in his village and people know and love him. He he often leads community songs to lift people's spirits and also to sing about leprosy and help people understand it better. And and so he he's a wonderful chap, another leprosy change maker now um, that enables people to to hear this about leprosy and to have, have someone like him, a pillar of the community, who leads people to a, a leprosy-free life that they don't have to face uh, the loss of fingers like he did. Now, if people want to to join with you, partner uh, with you, and and doing this uh, this this wonderful work and creating these uh, these community hubs of hope throughout Mozambique. Uh, then, how can they best give, Chris? Sure, thanks, Blair. And um, firstly, people can go to unconditionalappeal.org.uk. That's unconditionalappeal.org.uk, and there is a, a button there to donate to the work. I mean, you can also read more stories um, like those you've heard from Zaina and Mario there. Um, if you prefer to give by phone, uh, you can do that on 01733-370505. That's 01733-370505. Thank you so much for your prayers and for your gifts that are bringing lasting change to Mozambique. For more inspirational interviews, podcasts and Hope FM best bits, visit hopefm.com forward slash listen again.